so damn tired of waiting on a perfect A plus B. The one size fits all prudent kids all screaming about irrevocability. Let's burn some bridges, earn some stitches, and fight our own way free. Cause the rules don't lie, but they don't apply to people like you and me. Let's start it up now. 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 Now they say it's all decided, all divided, all laid out. And the pushcart man with a three-part plan can't understand what you're shouting about. But when the past they plow, the lives allowed are the only roads you can see. Just remember the walls were built to fall for old people like you and me. Let's start it up now. 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 Welcome to Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Body. I'm Courtney J. Body. I am an artist. I am an actor, uh, a director. I'm a teaching artist. Uh, I am uh, an arts administrator and so much more. And we're going to learn more about me. And I have a friend here, my team member, <laughs> Ben Weber, who's the producer of this podcast. This is episode zero, a.k.a. the intro. Thanks so much, Courtney. It's an honor to be here to interview you. Just to just to share uh, sort of a non sequitur, I just watched a documentary, Jiro Dreams of Sushi, last night. Mm -hmm. And basically, so the whole, he's like this, the master sushi chef in Japan. And his whole goal is to bring out the delicious flavor in fish, like as simply uh, and uh, and as efficiently as possible. And so I feel like my role here is to bring out your flavor so that our audience, our teaching artistry audience can understand uh, very effectively, like who you are, what you're about, like where this project came from. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to dancing with you uh, in, this, <laughs> in this interview process. What is teaching artistry? Teaching artistry, I mean, there's artistry, right? And then there's the art of teaching and the practice uh, of teaching and the practice of, of being an artist and practicing your art making uh, in terms of your craft. Um, so putting those two terms together, I think... There's a lot of conversations around how to how do we make being a teaching artist uh, a professional field. I'm involved in a lot of conversations around that, and so the last uh, few years I've been uh, involved in conversations on a on a national and an international level, and I've been uh, I've been wanting to find a way to be a part of those conversations beyond sitting on a table, um, beyond, um, even the work that I, I do at my organization. So I had many ideas about what to call this. Um, but teaching artistry for me kept coming up as a, as a, a descriptor for this work. So if you're saying the field, there's so many different fields within arts education, right? There's arts education itself. That's a field. And then the field could be, uh, education. The field could be arts. Um, and then the different, you know, places within the arts or the different domain, um, sorry, disciplines. Um, but the people who are bringing the work 
they're artists first, but in the term teaching artists is second. So I wanted to, I think I, what I'm interested in around artistry is I wanted to elevate and uplift the art part. So teaching artistry in, encapsulates, it's, I think it's very clear that it's about the people who do the art, um, who have the discipline, have the um, training and have also the, um, the skill sets to be able to teach in various ways in different communities, different populations, and frankly, in different, uh, within, within their own art disciplines, different parts of that discipline, um, in a way that when they're working with people who are not necessarily professional artists, so working in schools or working in, uh, homeless shelters, prisons, um, after school, other kinds of out of out of school uh, communities um, where people aren't necessarily identifying themselves as artists, but everybody I think is an artist, and I feel like the best kinds of teaching artists know that, um, but that it's just a matter of giving them a roadmap to being able to do that work, whether it's formalized or informal. Um, so yeah, that's where I got the term teaching artistry in um for me that that means something although I have to admit that I was I forget where I was I was talking to somebody and they were like we don't use artistry it's artist I was like okay that's you but this is what I think <laughs> so and it, I don't think it's a blanket either I'm not trying to be uh put a stamp and say well this is what it is it's just more what the way I'm interested in discussing this work that artists do. So, uh, so teaching artistry, you're talking a lot about foregrounding the, the artist. Mm -hmm. Uh, so these are, these are individuals who are artists first and, and also teach. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm hearing something really that I, I jive with a lot that, that everyone is an artist, Mm -hmm. that, that there is artistry in all of us. So uh, can you give like, just, you know, let's say this is the first time that someone is hearing this term. Like what, what does a teaching artist do? Like what, what does that look like? What does this job look like? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's funny cause uh, the first time I learned of a teaching artist was after I joined, um, or after I was working in uh, a grad program, um, I had decided to go to NYU to get my degree in educational theater and you had a choice to either become a certified uh, teacher and specifically in this case a theater teacher so a certified arts specialist um, or in this other program called um, uh, community colleges and communities and I had no idea what that actually meant but I chose that and mainly because I knew I did not want to specifically be a classroom teacher um, uh, as a daughter of, uh, a, somebody who, my mom was a librarian. My dad was a, a math teacher in high school. And, um, that would seem like such a natural thing. Of course, if you want to be able to teach drama, you should be a drama teacher, but that's not what I wanted. And, um, I didn't necessarily know exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew teaching was something that was inherent in, in uh, I always liked working with kids. I loved being in theater, but I didn't necessarily know how to do the two of them together. Um, which is why I went for the program to get my master's in it. And, um, the first time I heard the term teaching artist, I was like, what, what is, what is that? An artist who teaches. 
yes, that's what I, yeah, what, what does a teaching artist do? Um, and once I started learning more uh, about what a teaching artist uh, is and does, the more I wanted to know more. Um, so uh, in my second semester of grad school, I actually had an internship at Roundabout Theater Company, and my very first day was a teaching artist audition. Um, and in a theater setting, often just like you would audition for a part, you audition by, um, in this case, you audition by submitting some sort of lesson plan and then teaching uh, a group of people who are also auditioning. And maybe there's other people involved, but a group of people, uh, a portion of that lesson plan that you submitted. And so I was one of the people who wasn't necessarily auditioning. I was just there and participating in being led by somebody who was then showing off their, their teaching skills and frankly, their artistry and how those two things come together. Um, so what I think it looks like in practice was what I saw. I felt like on that very first day when I didn't know exactly what a teaching artist did, but I remember going through a couple of different lesson plans or, you know, activities and being really impressed by these people, not only feeling like they had a strong command of whatever it art that they were teaching, but also were able to sort of skillfully pull, put us in small groups and skillfully um, explain the, uh, the directions and the instructions in a way that as a participant, I didn't have a lot of questions. I could just do whatever the work was that they were asking us to do, whether it was reading a monologue or creating a tableau, which is a frozen picture or whatever it was. And I thought, wow, this is yeah, this is what I want to do. I don't necessarily, I want to find a way to have art be present in everybody's lives in a way that doesn't feel stressful, in a way that doesn't feel like you have to have some sort of hard and beautiful product at the end of it. I want to be able to um, listen to ideas and find ways to meld those ideas to create something new together as a group. Um, and to be able to know that my ideas can be valued, even if they're not something that we end up going with and being able to know that I can let that go. I feel like the arts have that where there's one idea and you put it out there and somebody builds on that and you sort of keep building and, and that takes skill to listen and to let go and to grow from that and create with that, um, and with others. And that was something that was I don't think at the time I was articulating it exactly like that, but that's what I was finding myself drawn to. So uh, now that that was in 2002, it's now 2016. So 14 years later, what I would say a teaching artist does, if I choose to be a teaching artist, I am somebody who is practicing my own art in whatever capacity that means to them. That could be making, uh, you know, professional theater, getting paid very well for making that professional theater all the way down to I'm taking classes or anything in between and all of it in between. So making sure that arts are ever present, um, on a regular basis in my life and, that a natural outset of that art making process is wanting to share that, that work, that way of working, that actual way of creating with others. And that's where the teaching component comes to up uh, for me. Um, and then there's obviously skill building in the teaching component because not everybody, you know, naturally knows how to teach. And I think even people who are very strong at teaching continue, continue 
to be able to, to need to have to build their skill sets within that. So there's very particular methods of delivering instruction that um, you want to differentiate because of whatever it is that you're teaching or who you're teaching. But, um, and then there's classroom management or, or management and being able to use an activity to manage people. You sort of can apply blocking if you're a theater person to managing a group in terms of space and that that keeps people moving and working and not really having time to sort of flake off <laughs> or um, get distracted. And so there's 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 methods of instruction that's part of a, a teaching practice, but that you're teaching um, aspects of art to other people. What is your art form? My art form is is uh, overall the genre is theater. Uh, specifically for me, it's acting and directing. And and now in the last maybe five or six years has been about devising and creating original work through a more physicalized, less narrative, nonlinear uh, way of presenting a story. How did you become interested in acting? I was a child of the 70s and uh, we were left alone a lot. So there's a lot of play, playing autonomously and making characters and costumes and ridiculous fun. Um, but yeah, I think the first time, the first play I was ever in, I was in um, kindergarten, I believe. It was this huge elaborate play. I think it had the kindergarten, first grade and second grade involved. And I don't remember much. What I do remember is called Alice's Restaurant. And they cast this young lady whose name was Alice. <laughs> in the main character uh and it was all about trying to get and there was a conductor i don't know it was all about trying to get to this restaurant so it was kind of a crazy like adventure play i guess and my character was already in the restaurant and one of the waitresses was sick and i had one line and it was did you eat too many cookies uh five years old did you eat too many cookies and once i got that line I worked on trying to figure out who is this person who would be so concerned and why cookies. Um, and then I remember, I do remember very clearly like practicing the line with my mother over and over and over again <laughs> till I felt like I finally got it right. Um, and then I feel like we only performed it maybe twice, <laughs> but boy, did I land that line. Um, and so that was sort of my first like bug. And then all throughout elementary school, uh, I was in different plays and really relished and enjoyed it and really um, got into it. I even auditioned for a play that was in the community center in fifth grade. It was Mary Poppins. It did not happen because they never got the rights. <laughs> but I, I remember like pushing and really wanting. They had made an announcement over the loudspeaker and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm all about that. Let's do it. And I, my mom finally came home from work and I was like, I, you got to take me to main street. I got to, I got to make this audition. And I was the last person to audition. I don't even know what I did, but I got cast as a monkey and I was so excited and we had one rehearsal and then they canceled it. <laughs> but I was that kid. Yeah. I, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily interested in being like the professional as a kid, but I definitely, I mean, I remember being in my family room and just like making up scenes and <laughs> just being you know that kid and like playing all the roles or if I had friends and we'd like make scenes 
and have costumes. So that's how I got in. Um, I wasn't a theater kid in high school. I did do one play. I did hair. Um, and I, I believe I auditioned when I was a freshman, but I didn't get in the play. It was a musical and I wasn't a strong, as strong a singer. So I worked on it and then I auditioned again in my junior year and I got in. And by the time I got to applying to college, I was more, well, I really wanted to do more theater, but I was a little afraid to make it a major mainly because I just didn't feel like I had the, the experience. Like I felt like people who are picking a theater major is because they were the leads in every single one of their school, high school. I mean, mostly that was true. <laughs> but, uh, so I initially, um, became a communications major, but the first thing I did was audition for whatever the first play was. And I got in and it was a non-speaking role, but it was a great, and it was a Shakespeare. <laughs> and at the time I did not know Shakespeare at all in, in, in an acting capacity um but what 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 it became was this really strong breeding ground for me to learn so I got to watch these more seasoned um actors who were juniors and seniors in these lead roles and really understanding what they were doing and um and you know the line there's no small parts only small actors that I took that to heart where I was like you know what I may not be speaking but I'm gonna milk this for everything it's so I was a nun in which play? It was a uh, comedy of errors. Oh, I forget I, what her name was. Not I'm the courtesan, sure. but the the nun. She be, she ends up being the twin's mother. Oh, um, and so there was this whole reveal at that moment, and so there's all like so much reaction that can happen. And boy, was I reacting! <laughs> so your your face acting was, I was really my face acting on was point. on point. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, by the end of my freshman year, I was. I was sure that I wanted to change my major because I did not, I was not feeling communications in the same way. And so I did and, um, never looked back. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. But I was at it. I was, you know, like, like I said, in the last five years, I've been more interested in creating work rather than doing script work. Yeah. Though I, I enjoy that too. Um, but there's just a, there's a expansiveness that you can have when you're making original work, especially when there's work already in the canon that doesn't speak to who you are, what issues you're interested in or um, aspects of the human life that um, uh, you are. So being able to find other people to create work or, or doing solo performance, which is a really amazing thing. Um, Something I don't, I've not tried yet, but that was definitely my MO after a while where I was like, I'm just going to say yes to plays or projects that are something I've never done before. So working outdoors or doing um, midsummer night stream for kids outdoors <laughs> or, um, or devising new work and creating a work around sex and identity. What, what sort of led you from, uh, you know, sort of scripted, theater work to this devising and sort of, you know, pursuing these, these different, uh, these different iterations of, of presenting theater and these sort of non-conventional things. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I work at an organization that presents works from around the world and working with really strong artists. Uh, most of the work that we're presenting is original work and devised work. So that was, um, a new sort of term terminology and aspect of theater that I was learning along the way and seeing some really strong work 
being presented. Um, and then again, working with the, the teaching artists that we work with, the, uh, the want was we were working so collaboratively on the education side of things around the art that what a natural thing to do is to create work together, um, artwork, um, theater work. And so much of it was not about being a script. It was about creating something from scratch based on some sort of, um, stimulus or um, question or images or text pretext um, and so actually there was a group of, of artists who did start sort of playing together that was the starting point where we would rent a studio once a week and just get in the room and start making stuff and the first piece that we created uh, again out of original material really just our own stories <clears throat> was um called the red dress is called the red dress and um uh it had two two run two different runs so we created it we ran it as a workshop in 2012 um and it's got again it's sort of non-linear storytelling about a young girl who's about 16 years old has her first boyfriend and is really deeply in love and trying to figure out what what and why uh, to have sex (laughs) and all the different voices and that are, uh, very present in her life, her friends, her family, social media, um, the boyfriend himself. You, you began your life playing and imagining, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you, this moved on through your education until you got to college and you really, you got into acting um, and, and you talked about sort of the, the present moment where your your life is, is sort of a collaborator and a divisor. Um, and then there's also, you were talking about this moment, uh, I believe, connected to Roundabout, where you actually discovered the term teaching artistry mm-hmm. um, that you were saying before. It, it draws in also this idea of, of education to this idea of, of artistry, which for you is acting. So I'm curious, what, like, what led you to Roundabout and sort of what led you sort of from, uh, you know, your, your pursuit of acting to, again, incorporating more of a, a thread uh, in terms of education. So when I was at Roundabout, it was also at the time when cabaret, the first cabaret had come. We all got to go to the Tonys. That was, what, 1998? Something like that. And it was just an exciting time for everybody. And I really was, and still am, I feel very connected to Roundabout. I feel very proud of it when it has made accomplishments. <laughs> um, uh, but that was my first like major job in, in New York City. Um, and it, and it, it helped me to under, better understand the theater and Broadway community, um, and feel like I actually could potentially have a place inside of it in some capacity. Um, so fast forward to being in grad in grad school, right? So I just moved back. I'd, I'd lived in Atlanta for a while where I was mostly just teaching, but not the arts, um, what were you teaching? I was teaching in just (laughs) mostly after school, uh, and in a daycare setting. Mm. Um, and so that, what was good about that was I was learning some, some specific teaching skills, um, and working with early childhood. And then I was asked to do the, the summer program. Um, and from there I started doing the after school program. 
Um, and once I started realizing, oh, I'm getting to this like friction place where I don't know, I've done everything I think I know how to do and what's possible to do in terms of uh, giving kids some theater skills, I don't think I, it's time. I need to go back to school. So I actually moved back to, to New York before um, my school be, schooling began. So I got another just job. Um, and by the time school started, uh, the first class, one of the first classes I had was called at, uh, leaders in educational theater. And we had a bunch of assignments where we would choose one organization in the city that had, um, an education department or education, um, programs. And we would do all these different, um, projects around that. And so I didn't, I, I was sort of struggling, and this one person in class said, I have two, but I don't know. And one of them was roundabout and I forget what the other one was, but she, and when she said roundabout, I, was, I didn't even, cause when I was working there, they didn't have an education department or as far as I know. And then they did. And so when I heard it, I was like, Oh, roundabout. Yes. Uh, so when she was like, Oh, I don't think I want to do, I think I want to do this other one. I was like, Oh, yoink, I'll take that. And so that, that's sort of how I looped back. And um, one of the assignments was to um, interview somebody from the organization about their education program. So I reached out to the director, who at the time was um, Margie Savante McCann. And uh, she had given me a half an hour, and I was there for two hours uh, talking about everything. And there were so many things and so many aspects of this field that I did not understand were present. Um, and she kept sort of giving me new books and specific people I should be reading about and pedagogical, um, uh, books, uh, or pedagogy books. And, um, and then said at the end, she's like, you should, you should really do an internship with us. And I was like, okay, okay. And so I applied obviously, and I, that's what I got. And so she, she was, um, just to put it in context. And I say this, I think in other episodes, but, um, I started school on, uh, grad school on September 5th, 2001. And so the second week of school for me was September 11th, 2001. That interview that I had with her was, uh, October 11th, 2001. And it was just as beautiful, crisp, sunny day, um, as it was on September 11th. And for those four weeks, I had been, you know, shattered and confused and questioning everything. Meanwhile, I was going to grad school and researching and learning about arts education and specifically theater education and doing process drama and physical theater and feeling like I was opening up in ways that I didn't know was possible. And to have had that conversation with Margie, I remember very clearly walking back to work where I had a punch in and punch out. And this was supposed to be my lunch and I was gone for two hours and boy, did I get in trouble for that. But, uh, I remember bouncing, almost bouncing back and being like, this is it. This is the place that I'm supposed to be. And I need to, I need to find a way to get there. And so I'm going to take her up on being an intern because this is where I need to, this is supposed to be where I'm learning. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and then the fact that, you know, my first day of being an intern there, I was at a teaching art, uh, artist audition was 
like the, the icing on the cake where I was like, this is it. My life's never going to be the same. How did you, how did you find your grad school program? What drew you uh, to the specific program you chose? What, mm-hmm. what was the program? Uh, so it was at uh, the Steinhardt school at NYU um, educational theater uh, how I learned about it actually was when I had graduated from undergrad, I was doing a lot of searching and trying to figure out what I would do. And I found out that the, I found this program and I found the, there was another program at the university of Arizona. Um, but it focused on theater for young audiences mostly. And I was like, well, I like, I like New York <laughs> and I like NYU and I do, I do want to teach at some point. Um, so one of the things that I was also doing at the time was, so I had this office job, right, right out of, out of college and I, it was in my hometown. I could walk there if I wanted to, eventually I had a car, but I, I could walk there Uh, But prior to that, for the summer, I was just sort of floating. I don't know what I was doing, but I was just trying to figure out my stuff. And I didn't have, you know, bills or, and I was living at home. And so I was working at a, uh, as a hostess for a pizza restaurant and I had Mondays off and I would just walk around town or I'd go into the city and do something that didn't really cost a lot of money, like going to the library on 42nd street. Um, or uh, yeah, 42nd street, right? Yeah. Um, or go to the Central Park or go to Battery Park and just write. Or I went to the Native American Museum when it was free. You didn't have to pay to get in. Um, I would just try and do things that were cultural. And one day I was walking down Main Street and the, near the library uh, in, my, in my hometown, Port Washington, there was this house that was sort of, it was a beautiful colonial house and it was sort of just boarded up. And I thought, oh man. Imagine if that could be like a cool arts community center. I don't know. I have a lot of artistic friends. Like we could make it really eclectic. I could, we could like my friend Dan could like teach cartooning and my friend Amy could um, teach drumming because she's an amazing drummer. And, you know, uh, so I had this whole plan. So I actually made this whole plan <laughs> up, like had a business plan and was trying to figure out. It turns out that they like it was slated for demolition. <laughs> And it was owned by the library, actually. And they needed it for a parking lot. So they paved paradise and put up a parking lot. It happened. And I, I was a losing battle. But the point was that I had an idea like that. So I was thinking, like, if I'm going to try and do something like this, I need to learn, which is why I was going to these different things. And, um, oh, how did I find the program? So part of it was going to the library and looking up, like, theater conservatories and theater education and da, da, da. so I find I found it there and I thought okay let me focus on the art part first I'll get there I need the experience like to go straight to grad school doesn't make sense to me it didn't make sense to me for me I'm such a like I need to do stuff person I really wanted to get the art part down Meanwhile, one of my friends from college had moved to Atlanta and instead of going back to New York I said could I sort of chill on your couch for a minute and figure out what the heck I'm going to do. Um, and when I got there, this is one of my best, best friends. And um, she was thrilled to have me there, although living on the couch for more than a month is weird, but it happened. <laughs> I was there for about five months. Um, but while I was there, I was trying to figure out what could I do. So I was working in the restaurant industry, but she was working in a daycare center. And so I thought, I, I like kids. 
I can work with kids. I can do that. Um, so I got a job uh, at a daycare center uh, that was attached to a Lutheran church. Um, and I was a floater. So basically, wherever they needed me to go, I would go. So I could be working with the babies. I could be in the pre-K room. I could be with the, you know, the two-year-olds. And um, it was just a really delightful place. Like working with kids is awesome. Um, I didn't know a thing about teaching, but I loved being with the kids and working with people who did know how to do that. And then eventually I started working for and getting some more professional development. So I got better skills, but I got to a place where after I, I'd moved to a different place and was working in a pre-K setting. Um, and then when they asked me to do the summer camp, uh, that was, what was that? That was 2000, maybe 2000, that was 2000. And the whole curriculum was, I got to build the whole program. Um, and it was just activities. It wasn't like lesson planning. So each week I decided there would be a theme <laughs> and, and then all the activities, crafts or books or whatever we would do was about that theme and field trips. So all of a sudden I was like booking field trips and making phone calls. And like, these are, these are skill sets that I had from when I was working in office spaces and like all those administrative skills and coordinating. And, and I got to also handpick the staff to be in that summer program, which was of course all my friends. Um, so that was like the, one of the best summers I ever had, but it was one of those light bulb moments where I was like, Oh, okay, I'm not necessarily interested in like being a classroom teacher because everybody at that point was like, you have a theater degree, you should be, you should just go and get your master's in education. And I was like, nope, that's not it. But I understand why you're saying that. But no, and so it was that summer program for me that really like clicked me into realizing, oh, I've I've reached the end of my, like I, I know that there's more than I could be doing here and I'm not. It's time for me to apply. So I applied and then, um, you know, the next year started the, the program. What were some of the, the most profound takeaways from your grad school experience? There were a lot of takeaways. Um, but I think a big one for me was process drama. The idea of being able to come into a room full of people and say, what are we going to make today? And then building a world, going back to, you know, when I was a kid and just playing, but that there was an intention or some sort of guide to it. Um, that for me was a huge takeaway of being able to say, we're going to go where you want to go and I'm going to shape it. But really, you're the one who's filling this world and filling the characters and filling the relationships with your own whatever, um, your own library. Um, and that was astounding to me. So being able to work with Jonathan Neelans, Cecily O'Neill, uh, um, Warren Dobson, Tony Good, it, that was mind blowing to me, like truly mind blowing to me and, and like such a gift. Um, another thing I think, uh, that just opened me up was physical theater um, so I took physical theater with Nan Smithner, who's a clown and also, a, you know, current, uh, still a professor at NYU and actually a dear friend. Um, and just being able to like move and know that your body can move <laughs> and be able to do things that you, you like push it to places that you don't do on a daily basis. Um, that was a huge thing, a huge thing, especially because, um, having worked at, at, at Cortland and in, in that, that theater, everything was so presentational. So that idea of sort of being ugly, 
you know, and crouchy or, you know, like mangled, (laughs) just not caring what you look like, but actually feeling and letting your body respond or show that feeling. That was a huge, huge takeaway for me. Um, and really had a huge impact on my acting ability. Um, that compounded with working with my, um, my coach, um, Lynn Winters. And what I also did, I didn't explain before, but what the other thing is when I went to grad school, I thought I haven't done, I haven't been practicing my art. So I looked her up and at that point she had a studio in the city. And so I took classes with her on a weekly basis for two, two solid years um, maybe even longer than that. Um, and it got a little weird towards the end, but she had taught me like really strong technique. And I was without a doubt, I, I think, I mean, maybe I'm bragging a little bit, but I think I was one of her strongest, uh, students to the point where she was thinking about creating, uh, a school upstate and was like, you could like, I would love to teach you my pedagogy and my technique so that you can take this over when I'm ready to retire because I had this degree, because I had this education focus. Um, and it was a great idea. It just wasn't my idea and it wasn't something I was absolutely interested in. Um, but it was, it was, um, it was a testament to my schooling and my education at NYU that I was able to demonstrate to her that I actually knew what she was talking about now, as opposed to when I first worked with her coming out of undergrad. Um, other takeaways for me was making theater for young audiences. Um, I want another class was to work, uh, was theater for young audiences with Lori Brooks, who is a, a playwright. Um, she wrote the wrestling season and a couple other really strong plays. Um, I'm actually supposed to be sitting on a panel with her in June about theater for young audiences. Um, but that was my first, that was also my first semester. And this idea of like writing for young people, writing scripts for young people, uh, but the idea that the work is examining real issues, it's not schlocky, um, that it respects a young audience, no matter what age they are, what, no matter developmentally where they are. Um, that was a huge thing. And, and, and there were some people in that class who were just so close minded, um, in a way that was, was distressing. (laughs) That's what I would also take away is like my opinions matter. Um, listening also is very important. (laughs) Um, but yeah, not, not closing yourself off, which is hard. It can be even, you know, as I get older there are moments where I'm like, Oh, I can't, but then it's like, no, credit. you have to, you have to stay open. Um, so that's another thing I would say is being able to have a discussion uh, and have differing opinions and still be able to respect another person. Um, at least (laughs) in theory. Um, but mainly, you know, uh, and collaboration. I think that was another big thing for me. When, uh, when was the first time that you identified as a teaching artist? So this is 2002. Um, that summer I went to do a study abroad program, which is a, a very high intense three week program. This was in London and the focus was on, um, drama and education, which mostly was process drama. As a group, we got split into, uh, small groups and were assigned to a specific school, uh, in England in London. Yeah. There was four different lessons. There was one where the one woman, one person in our, 
group wanted to do stuff, uh, something around the Jabberwocky, I guess, building the Jabberwocky physically and sort of getting the text in their, in their mouths and being able to say it. Another was that we were doing this like mini process drama, uh, uh, where all I can remember, I don't know what it was about, but all I can remember is kids like feeling that they were being ripped apart from each other. It was very dramatic and I was so into it. (laughs) I don't know if I was facilitating that one. What the other one that I remember is they were reading a book and we took a scene and we sort of built out the scene, um, on a physical, but they like added in information that wasn't like context and subcontext that was, or subtext, excuse me, that wasn't. So it was a little bit of an acting lesson or applying, um, acting to be able to do script or text analysis. Um, and that was a special education class and that was my favorite class. And I wonder if that's the one that I taught, but that was the first moment where I felt like, Oh, I think I actually, this feels good, but I God, I have so much more to learn. And I was with a pretty experienced group. So I felt, I felt like that none, you know, <laughs> I felt like that's where I was. I was really starting from the, from the bottom floor. Um, but there was something really genuine about my connection with those kids. And that's why I don't remember teaching, I think, because I just remember being with those kids and the work that they were doing and being engaged in whatever it was that they were creating. Um, so when I came back, I was determined. I was like, I'm going to apply. I'm going to apply to, um, and hopefully they'll, at least I'll get an audition. Uh, at roundabout. And so I was still in grad school. So now I'm in my second year. Um, and (laughs) I knew, I knew how to write the lesson plan because I'd worked there. Right. So I had a bit of an insider, but, and I'd been to a few auditions and obviously I knew their way of their pet, their approach and their philosophy. So that was all kind of on point. So I did get the audition and then, um, Ben, (laughs) What I did was, I don't even know why it wasn't planned, but they had set it up as a real classroom, like rows of, of tables uh, or desks. And then I came in, <laughs> I started the 10 minutes almost in character, almost, but I had said, oh my God, I'm so sorry I'm late. And so I had made like a situation. I don't know why I did that, but I did. And then whatever it was I taught, it was very clever, I'm sure. It was something about, like, it was roles. It was roles and, like, why we take on certain roles. I can't remember what. But whatever I did, it was okay. I don't think it was phenomenal, frankly. But um, I impressed Margie, and that was all that mattered. (laughs) So I got to be, uh, they hired me as a teaching artist. So in my second year, I was, you know, new in this field, (laughs) really like what's happening but because I had this internship and I think a real pivotal moment for me was um, being in that study abroad program and the two of those things combined gave me at least enough confidence to get to be able to do the audition and getting hired I was really lucky I was assigned uh, a residency right away which doesn't always happen and um, like I was a 10 session residency and I still had oh my goodness so much to learn um, and it was a high school English class, maybe freshman. They were reading um, a separate, a separate piece. Yes, a separate piece. The two boys, um, and I was sort of doing what we did with the kids in London. I was like really taking like what what chapter are they on? Let's take a scene and let's like 
do some analysis, but use theater as the way to do that analysis. And I was coming at it from different points of view, like looking at a character's point of point of view, or, um, uh, I was, I, I, there was another thing where I would come in and give like the wrong example and have them direct me. Um, and then eventually create their own scenes, that kind of thing. And so I, one or two sessions in, I was observed and you know, I'm still like, I'm, I'm in it. I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm teaching. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I'm traveling two hours to get to the school in Bensonhurst from, um, my little Glen Oaks apartment. It was crazy, <laughs> but it was great. And I'm observed let's say it was year three or day three and we're the kids are in it and we're all sort of in it. But at a certain point, like I can't see because I'm in the middle of it all. And, uh, overall it was pretty successful, but then I started to get feedback from my observer who at the time was, um, the, the, like the support for the teaching artists. And she asked me a bunch of questions. She gave me some really good feedback that I still use to this day. Like, don't put your back to a kid. Don't be in the middle (laughs) kind of thing. And, you know, really try and apply some of your own, uh, practices like blocking to think about how do you manage a room? Um, but she asked me a question she said, tell me what your long-term goals are. And I looked her dead in the eye and I said, I want to be you. I want to do what you do. Like I want to support teaching artists. I want to I want to be like a master teaching artist, but I also want to be able to give the kind of feedback that you do and support people to grow. And I think she, she was impressed also scared because I was so serious about it. And that I think was the first time I felt like I'm a teaching artist and yes, I have a lot to do, but I can see where I can go. Way deep down you hear the sound of your own unique machine. The gears and tears that turn for years Working behind the scenes Let's stoke the fires, trip the wires Go down and wake the feast Cause the world needs legends to up And it needs people like you and me Let's start it up now 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 Ooh. 